Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Since Monday afternoon, there's been some relief for residents of Ottawa. The honking horns have largely stopped. But this wasn't because of something police or politicians did. It was thanks to a civil lawsuit. The suit alleges that the honking by truck drivers is a deliberate protest tactic. And these aren't just regular car horns. There's also air horns and train horns from semi-trucks, which can be as loud as 125 decibels, according to the suit. For comparison, the sound from a lawnmower is around 90 decibels. As a result of the suit, a judge granted an injunction, ordering protesters to stop honking for 10 days. And this return of sleep for Ottawa residents is in large part thanks to a 21-year-old named Zexi Lee. Zexi became the plaintiff for the suit after being approached by a lawyer, Paul Champ. In the first couple days, I definitely did my best to ignore them. But that's difficult when they heckle you for wearing a mask and when they honk their horns at you for wearing a mask. Earlier in the week, Globe reporter Aaron Anderson spoke with Zexi. And today, you'll hear that conversation. You may notice the sound is a little muffled at points because Aaron and Zexi were speaking over Zoom. This is The Decibel. Can you tell me a bit, maybe introduce yourself and tell me a bit about how you're in Ottawa, whereabouts you live in Ottawa in relation to Parliament Hill? So I've been in Ottawa for, I want to say, four going on five years now or so. I made the choice to move here for university, and I honestly just love the city. It is sort of, I heard it described as kind of a big city with a a community uh, kind of energy to it where everyone kind of knows one another, and I think that's kind of amazing. I live five blocks or so from Parliament, maybe. I'm right in the heart of downtown Ottawa and right in the heart of the demonstration as a result. You know, of all the cities in Canada, Ottawa would be the place, especially if you live close to downtown, you're used to, I mean, protests happen. Parliament Hill is the the place for them. And it's kind of, it's kind of a regular occurrence. But what's different about this one? I think the difference between the previous demonstrations and what we're seeing here today is that this one, the demands are unclear. Their intentions are not necessarily as structured, maybe, as uh, protests usually are. And those leading it are, in my opinion, a bit different than the normal crowd that would be organizing. Well, and plus the trucks. Oh, can't forget about the trucks. The noise for me was unbearable. Even with headphones in, you still feel, you can still feel almost the the horns blaring at you. You can still hear the faint, even with noise canceling headphones, there's still that faint blare in the background and it's the rhythm of it. It is something that's really jarring for myself, but something I know is even worse for those with greater sensitivities like autism and other conditions, even dementia, and especially for young children, animals like dogs and cats, which are everywhere in the downtown core. So 
It was extremely loud. It was constant. And I would describe it as torturous from day one, to be quite honest with you. I guess when you say about the rhythm, even where I live, it was like almost like a vibration, like this, yes. there was the hum and the vibration. Yep. And I imagine downtown that must have been like, even with your headphones on, you'd feel this vibration kind of around you. Yes. It's almost like no matter what, you cannot escape it. In the first couple of days, I definitely did my best to ignore them, but that's difficult when they heckle you for wearing a mask and when they honk their horns at you for wearing a mask and when they delight and cheer when you flinch at their honks. It was, it was embarrassing, to be honest, to have to deal with that kind of treatment in your own streets. What would have been a place you would have been going to? wearing your mask, where you would have experienced that? I go to the gym um, almost every day. And to get there, I pass by a particularly dense occupation area where the streets are blocked off. There, there were some notably intense individuals They had their alarms blaring. They had their honks going. Some of them even had megaphones to shout at you with. You know, it it was just a horrible, horrible atmosphere. They would rev their engines at you and clouds of smoke would rise up into the air and fill fill your lungs. It's, um, you were always outnumbered as well, of course. There were all of them cheering for one another while jeering at you for not being one of them. There was uh, one moment actually that really, um, it shocked me honestly, because uh, I was at an intersection waiting to cross and mind you, the traffic lights, uh, the traffic, there's been nothing wrong with the traffic lights. They're all operational. And the only thing going on is that all the streets are blocked off. However, the individual was in the middle of the street with the traffic lights still working, directing the traffic and telling people when to walk and when to pass and when to stop. And considering what I was going through and what they were subjecting me and my community to, I could not believe the amount of power they felt that they had in my streets to be able to control something like traffic. Normally, the only people that are above the uh, the traffic lights are the police when they right. have to do this. I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. And are you getting like little sleep at night or are you able to, like how how are you managing your sleep at that point? I was definitely struggling to sleep. I had decided to buy a speaker so that I could play sort of background music to drown out the honks and honestly, the anxiety that it had started to bring that um, really made it difficult to get a restful night's sleep. I think in the beginning, it was definitely just the noise, but as the days dragged on, the anxiety of uh, the anxiety and the dread that um, that came with the honks began to take away more sleep than the noise had as well. 
what period would have been the worst for the honking? Like without those loudest nights, was there a particular night that was really rough? The first weekend, I would say, was definitely the loudest. Yes. The second Saturday was very loud as well. Yes. The yes. Sunday was noticeably more quiet. And I highly suspect it's, it was due to the state of emergency that the uh, mayor had set, in addition, perhaps, to the threat of the lawsuit that we had made as well earlier that uh, that week. But um. While the honks were louder on the um, on the weekends, I would say that the remainder the those who remained during the week definitely their intensity the intensity of the individuals that stayed throughout the week was definitely unsettling. What made you decide to put your name on the suit, on the claim? So as you might know, I didn't seek the suit out. The suit uh, kind of found me. So what has been the backlash to your name being out there attached? Well, there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, just hateful comments. I generally don't really look at them too hard just because, you know, I don't really care what this random individual on the internet has to say. If you're uh, not someone who's affected by this, if you're not someone who's suffering by this, if you're not someone who's important to me in that sense, then your opinion really doesn't mean much to me. But um, yeah, of course, I've been receiving threats. I've been in contact with the authorities regarding these threats. And um, that is just a reality that I'm going to have to live with for a little while. Hopefully it won't be permanent, but uh, we'll have to see on that. Were you in court when the judge uh, granted the injunction? I was sitting here with bated breath, watching the screen intensely, listening to the judge go on about... um, the details of the case and he began his tone sort of uh I wouldn't say his tone necessarily shifted but maybe his wording did a little bit and it started to sound like he was starting to suggest uh and bring up points that were in support of the injunction and in my head I was like I think I know where this is going I was like you think that our claims are valid you say you say there's irreparable harm being done here and um and normally that's not something you'd be happy about but in this case it it honestly really truly was well he had that great line too about the honking i can't remember the quote now but the opposing counsel had asked for five minutes of honking per day and the judge had looked at him and well through the camera and said in response something along the lines of a honk does not communicate any great thought or anything or something along those lines. You know, he, he, he has a certain way with words that I can't capture in this moment, but um, I think the sentiment is uh, there. <laughs> oh, tooting a horn is not oh, yes. an expression of any great thought I'm aware of. Oh, it was excellent. It was so excellent. The only thought that was going through my head and out of my mouth even was, yes, just yes. And just 
that that was all that was all I could think. I was just like, thank goodness we are heard. We will have peace and um, we aren't abandoned. <laughs> what? And so that night, did you have to sleep with your speaker on and your earplugs too? Or could you like I not did use not. I definitely was a little nervous still because I, admittedly enforcement had been a little weak thus far, but I did feel that the court order had much more serious consequences than some of our um, our other uh, laws to be enforced. And uh, while I had a little bit of anxiety, it was not so much that um, it was not so much that my sleep was affected. But originally, I was just so happy and grateful that not just me, but everyone would be able to get some peace, some very well-deserved peace after what we had all gone through. I think it, um, it almost, it, it brought me to tears a little because we've all been through a lot. Um, and um, even though the, the noise, the noise isn't, isn't the last step, it was definitely the first one. So it was one of the one of our first baby steps in the right direction and something to help snowball the action into something much bigger. Well, yes, because it's not like the protest is over. Yes. Um, so what about what now? I think what I accomplished is a almost a, a case study in uh, the power of the silent majority. What really prompted me to start shouting from the rooftops, in addition to the care that I have for my community, was the indignation that people who I so vehemently disagreed with, that they were making their voices so much louder than mine and others that think like me. And I really thought, you know what, enough is enough. I deserve to be heard. So I made a decision. I think I made the decision on a couple days into it, maybe four or five days into it. That's how long it took me to uh, to sort of break. But um, from, from then on, I decided I'm going to channel all this hopeless, disappointing, and sad energy into actually making a difference and standing up for what I believe in at any cost. And you didn't have to yell at anyone. You didn't have to honk any horns. You. I'd like to think that I went about things the Canadian way. <laughs> That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.